Welcome to the TurfNet Renovation Report, brought to you by Golf Preservations and the Andersons. I'm Anthony Piappi, your host. Joining me is Dean Sparks, the golf course superintendent at Davenport Country Club in Iowa. Uh, welcome to the show, Dean. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's uh, We have a cold spring here in um, New England, but it is not raining. What do you get going on in your place? Um, actually, we got an inch of rain last night, so uh, we we badly needed it. But uh, other than that, it's been a little bit below average, but everything's taken off, and uh, our rounds of golf are extremely high, even with the COVID-19 stuff going on. There's, I think this is the most rounds we've had since 2002 at our, our facility. Right, so I'm talking to you on May 14th, and you said you told me that you've had a gangbuster spring, right? Yeah, we have, yep. Um, and the reason I want to talk to you is in 2014, after – working for the TPC network and, and Pete died for a long while. You came to uh, Davenport for uh, a restoration renovation led by Ron Forson, the architects, Ron Forson, Jim Nagel. And uh, you did greens, tees, bunkers. You added irrigation loops into tees and greens and you did a pump station. But what I want to talk to you about today is about the ongoing project since 2014 and, and, and and the mindset of the club, the mindset of you, and the roles of superintendents and, and architects. And one thing I want to point out right away, and you can expound on this, is that because of working for PTI, you have you have a lot of construction experience. So you're able to you you and your crew are able to do stuff in house, correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. So when you get there, how, what's the condition of the golf course before the before the renovation restoration? Um, the golf course, um, it was in pretty good shape overall for just an average country club, but it was just really tired. The grass is there, you know, original Pencross, uh, greens, tees, and fairways, and then um, bluegrass, ryegrass mixture rough, which would die out every summer with disease. Um, the irrigation system is still probably inadequate, but around greens and tees, they had problems. So um, they had just water distribution problems because the pump station wasn't big enough. So anytime you go, four or five or six weeks without any rain, they would really struggle in some areas and they'd lose turf. So the conditions would deteriorate throughout the summer. And then, you know, they would improve once uh, the environmental conditions in September and October got better again. But overall, the club really wanted to have more of a consistent golf course day in and day out. And they wanted something that would be able to generate some new members and, and make everybody proud. And, and with the Charles Austin golf course that we have, you know, our goal was really to be number one in the state of Iowa and, and one of the premier courses in the Midwest. And, and so with that, um, they started talking about doing a renovation in, I think, 2012 and 13 and had hired Ron on. And then the next step was to hire a superintendent, which I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity and uh, which led us to the renovation and where we are today. Right. So this is a 1924 Allison golf course we should talk about. And and had much work been done in with with had there been cha bunker changes and, and design changes before you got there? Yeah, there had been a few over the years. Um, the big one was in, I believe, 2000, where um, they put a driving range in because obviously 1924 course, the, the driving range was more of a small hitting area that they had off of the 18th fairway on the left side. So they had to reroute the number uh, number one hole, the number nine hole to make uh, room for the driving range. And then uh, did some modifications where they put in a pond and on a par five in the back nine and, and moved some bunkers and, and things like that, where they put some mounting around the greens and and stuff, which was, you know, obviously in the 80s and 90s was the thing to do at the time. And then w one of the biggest things with Davenport is 
you know, there was a lot of elm trees on the golf course when it was originally built. Well, with uh, Dutch elm disease, it wiped them out in the 50s and 60s. So in the 70s and 80s, with the whole green movement, there was just thousands of trees that were planted on the golf course, which hit a lot of the features in the original design aspect of the golf course. Right, right. So as you told me we were talking before, when you guys go to construction in July of 2014, you have 150 people working on the golf course for about six weeks? Yeah, we really started lining things up in April and made sure that we had the crews that we wanted from uh, landscapes that Monday to so we went with for the actual uh, construction process and then live irrigation. But um, with my um, experience in the, in the past, I, I kind of knew some of the guys that I wanted there. So I was able to get some of the superintendents and the foremans there that I wanted. So I knew we'd be able to work well together. It was going to be a fast, quick project with a lot of moving parts and we needed to be on the same page. So we really um, plan, planned it out um, in advance to make sure that all the materials were on site. Um, everything was ordered. Um, that's for the pump station needs and things like that. So we didn't have to wait on anything. And then we had a, a tree company that we had contracted out, Davy Tree, to come in and start the first week of the process. We had seven crews from over the Midwest, which one of them was a logging crew, which came in and they, they cleared out some uh, heavy terrain hillsides where we had some steep cliffs and stuff like that because we wanted to get a lot of those trees out of the way so we could get the dozers and excavators and stuff in there and kind of work our way out from where we started. And you said that, so you had five, you had seven tree crews on the course at the same time? Yep. Yeah, we had them in different parts of the golf course, so they weren't going to overlap with each other. But we wanted to make sure that we got as much down as we could in seven days and uh, allow the uh, landscape unlimited to get in there and start changing greens and tees. Right. So for, for, the, for the greens and tees, was this coring out or, or was this just kind of expanding with these rebuilding the greens? Um, it was a little bit of both. It, it was kind of a modified rebuild. We didn't go with USGA style, but, you know, we're in eastern Iowa, so we have great soils. We have great water. Um, one thing we didn't have is a lot of greens mix underneath. So we did add 10 inches of greens mix, but we went from 90,000 square foot of green surface to 130, which got us more pinnable locations because we knew the greens were going to be faster and firmer. And um, with that, we actually did um, green spans, GPS green spans before the renovation. So that way, when we put them back, we could put the humps and bumps back into the greens because the Allison greens here are really unique with, how subtle they are, but how hard they are to read and how fun they are to play. And we wanted to make sure that the membership got to maintain that after the renovation. And, uh, and we kept the core integrity of the golf course together, which was the greens, but we had more pinnable locations because we stretched them out. Fantastic. And the course reopens in May of 2015. Is that correct? Yeah. May of 2015, we definitely had, you know, our weak areas and, and things like that, but we knew, with that, at that time, we didn't want to lose any more members, so we didn't want to stay close for a whole season. So we went with the, what we had, and we made sure that we got the greens and tees grown in and, and started to fill in from there. And let's talk about what you've done since then. You've had these continual projects we have with ponds and, and streams and, and other stuff, but I want to talk about how you, before you might not have always had an architect in, but now no matter what happens, you bring Ron and Jim in, correct? Yeah, we have Ron and Jim come in every October, um, and uh, they get to come in, play the golf course. They play with a member of the, the Greens and Grounds Committee and then a, the golf committee. And so we try to um, just uh, keep note of what the membership wants throughout the course of the year. So that way, when these guys go out and play with Ron and Jim, they can ask them questions, which um, which retain or go back to the playability of the golf course. So um, we can communicate to them what the members needs and wants are but also we can continue our master plan which we have and uh, make sure that the golf course is fun and playable and everybody understands why jim and ron are coming out and the changes that we're making and why they're beneficial for the future 
And, and so let's talk about some of the projects that, that you guys have done and with, with you leading the construct, because you're not bringing construction firms anymore, right? You're doing this all in-house? Yeah, we're doing it in-house now, yeah. So let's talk about that. Tell me some of the projects that you've done that where you brought Ron and Jim in and, and, and the result of that. Well, one of, one of the big ones was, is, you know, obviously when we did the renovation, you know, we had $4 million to spend at the time. Uh, the, a full course renovation, everything probably would have been like 10 to $15 million. So with the master plan that we developed, we wanted to make sure that we were going to be able to hit some of the core points to get to where we wanted to be in 2015 when we opened up. But with the fact that we knew we were going to have to continue to add on as we went forward and as finances became available. So that was one thing that we really stressed to the membership um, as the um, project was happening. And as we move forward is that, you know, there were still going to be some things that we wanted to do as we, as we move forward, just because of the financial restrictions we had when it started. Um, and some of those things are, are um, you know, from drainage to, uh, you know, things as simple as the range netting, which we've, we've changed on the golf course to electrifying some of our, uh, our uh, bathrooms, three shit stacks, stuff like that. But then also with the, within the golf course operations staff, when I started, you know, we had an operating budget of, of a little over $500,000 and we've increased that up to just under a million now. And with that, we've increased salaries. Um, we've um, changed our equipment out to where we can do more things. We have a mini X now. We have skisters of the right size. We're getting tractors that are appropriate for what we're trying to do. We're making sure that we have enough staffing to be able to walk mow greens, rake bunkers, do things like that, which, uh, you know, some of those little details are added, uh, added benefits to the golfers experience when they come out to Davenport country club. And, and um, they just weren't there when I started, but we knew that we were going to have to increase some of those budgeted line items over the period of time to make sure that we could, uh, we could get to where we wanted to be, which we're getting pretty close now. And is that possible since the renovation restoration has, has the uh, membership increased? Um, it's, it's increased um, from like 240 to 260. Um, we want to do a little bit more than that now, but one thing we've done with the club is Ron and Jim have really talked to us and our executive finance committee which has gone through and they've gone department by department and they've tried to find more money to be able to put into the golf course. And I think we're actually managing the facility a little bit better now than what we have before. Um, we have some, you know, really smart members that have, uh, have been able to, you know, find financing for me to be able to do some of the stuff and, and to increase this. And, uh, you know, now the products we have on the golf course really shows. Right. And, and that's great. I mean, and that, right. And that's the idea that finding that money that's without having to increase dues or relying on a huge in, influx of members, if you can find money within the, an existing budget, that's, that's key. And so tell me about, tell me about one of the big projects you've done since 2015. Talk, walk me through something you've done. Well, one big one we did is, uh, is we've replaced two of the bridges on the golf course. Um, we had, they were, you know, small inadequate bridges where we couldn't get equipment across them. Um, one of them was basically deteriorating where it was falling apart. It was only had uh 16 foot wide foot expansions underneath of it. We have a Creek that flows through there. So anytime we get an inch or two inches of rain, it would, uh, it would flood. So part of the front nine was inaccessible for a day or two. So the golf course was closed. So, um, we have an architect that's, um, a member here, Chris Townsend, who's a great guy that's helped us out quite a bit. He went in and did hydrology reports, flow reports to see how wide we needed to have the Creek and the footings for a new bridge. That way we didn't have flooding. And uh, that's been um, a really good project that we've done. And the best thing about it is we've had some members that, you know, for us to have an overall assessment as a club, it doesn't work for the, 
every every one of our members you know there's you know 60 percent of the members that can afford to do it but then there's the 40 percent that you know are family oriented and things like that and and maybe just don't have the the resources to be able to, to, to donate but um we had some members that stepped up and did donate and bought both the bridges for us and then also paid for the concrete for the footings and all of that and then i donated basically my labor time by being able to put it in with using the large equipment and all of that and it's worked out great now we have two uh, two really good bridges that um, we had bought from Lynx Bridges in Canada. That uh, it's, a, it's a huge enhancement for our golf course. And you were able to install them yourselves in house. Yeah, yep. Chris Founds and uh, drew up the plans, had everything ready for us um, for that. Um, we were able to core out the the footings, all of that, get the concrete poured from uh, uh, a member here that has a concrete company, Ethan Mailer, helped us out quite a bit. And then uh, I was able to put the bridges in myself um, with a few guys helping me on the side. Right. Had you done bridge work before? Yeah, we put in some railroad car bridges with uh, Mr. Die and and that. Um, these were, you know, um, they're fiberglass bridges, so they, you know, it wasn't like it was a uh, um, cast iron, you know, um, right. steel bridges or anything like that. But uh, you know, we, we did have to rent some big excavators and and cranes and stuff like that. But uh, we were able to get them onto the golf course and get them installed and, and secured down and everything, and uh, it's worked out great. Cool. All right, Dean, let's do this. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Uh, we'll be right back. Introducing Genesis RX575, a comprehensive fertility and soil amendment product from the Andersons, specifically developed for construction, renovation, aerification, sprigging, sodding, and seeding. This blend of dispersing granule, DG, components provides the most comprehensive fertilizer the Andersons has ever offered, with the goal of providing a single product solution designed to save time and application and reduce fertility program complexity. For a limited time, take advantage of a special introductory offer. For more information on Genesis RX 575, visit startwithgenesis.com. From green strainage to sod work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind to know the professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Visit golfpreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to talk to us directly about your next project. Okay, we're back on the TurfNet Renovation Report. My guest is Dean Sparks. He is the golf course superintendent at Davenport Country Club. We're talking about uh, the club's uh, ongoing improvements that that uh, Dean leads. You're not, doesn't, the club doesn't have the money to keep bringing in a construction company. You've been doing all this work in-house. We just talked about bridges. Tell me some job where you found yourself on the excavator doing doing work that you you learned to do when you were at TPC courses or or with uh, Pete Tice firm. Um, well, as we were talking about with the bridges, that's a good example there. And, and along with doing the bridges, we, we've done some creek banks, we've done some pond edges too, where we've just had some erosion over the last ninety years that needed to be corrected. But the big thing with being able to correct that is now that our water flow through these creeks is so much better that we don't have any flooding on the golf course anymore. So um, it's making everything um, drain a little bit easier. Obviously all our greens, tees and fairways drain into these creeks. If we can keep them from flooding, it just keeps everything flowing a little bit more, keeps the golf course firmer and drier, um, you know, which is better playing conditions. And um, we've been able to do quite a bit of that with, you know, buying the mini X and, and doing uh, some of the work over the winter when we have some labor hours available that uh, normally we're just uh, dead before. And and is this something that so when Ron and when Ron and Jim come back every year, do you get down to the minutia like creek banks? Is that something you discuss with them? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I take them around, you know, and I, I definitely have a priority list that I want them to look at. And then uh, I want their ideas, their input on how they would like it built, what they think we should do with it, if they feel it's important or if it's not. Um, they can give me some great insight into it. And then um, also, um, you know, j- just their overall feel of what's happening with the golf course. And then they're able to communicate that with the Greens and Grounds Committee and with our board members and just kind of keep everybody on the same page. So, we ha- you know, we have synergy throughout the club. And uh, Jim, Jim and Ron are, 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 you know, they're so easy to talk to. They're so approachable that when you're able to sit down on a one-on-one um, face-to-face with them, you know, they can explain it and, and really make it understandable and why we need to do some of these things where, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off of me. But then also, you know, I think reassures the club that financially we're being responsible with, the, you know, the money that we have. And that's a big deal. Right. That it's not, it's not just the, the latest green chairman or club president is coming in and making changes. The, the work that's being done, it adheres to the master plan. Yeah. yeah and and you're, we're doing some fairway expansions, which, you know, Ron wanted to do three or four years ago, but we just went to the point where we could do that. Um, you know, when, when we were looking at doing that, we, we still had 450 some ash trees on the golf course, which we finally eliminated where the emerald ash borer is. It's a big deal in Iowa right now. But now that we have those trees gone, we're able to do some of the fairway expansions to get back to some of the true Allison feel and rollouts and uh, undulation, which our property has. And uh, just just really make it more playable in the future. And, and, and some of these changes, I think, are going to be great. And as the membership is seeing what we're doing, more and more people are getting on board with it and uh, just, you know, re-falling in love with the golf course and what it's going to be in the future. That's, that's quite a, a result of the work, isn't it? Especially taking down trees when, when members see the golf course like they've never seen it before. Or the older members haven't seen it in 50 years. Yeah, for sure. And then some, some of the other guys, too, you know, we, we have a lot of great members here and but, you know, some of them, they just don't understand it. You know, they're not in the golf industry. You know, they're, they come out there to, you know, p- play golf and have fun with their buddies. And, you know, they like trees and this and that. And they don't understand quite what the whole concept is. And it, it took us a couple of years to get everybody to buy into it. But now when they see the playing conditions, they come out and see how fast and firm the golf course is and, and you know, what the true vistas are and, and how the golf course is really supposed to play. You know, they're, they're really, you know, we're getting a lot of positive feedbacks now. It, right. And, and- that, right, that's the thing that they just can't, and I don't blame them. But they can't envision it, or imagine why you're doing it, and then when it's there, the amount, the percentage of people that just like it is, is you know, uh, when you restore views and vistas and that kind of stuff, it's always really cool. And the, you know, and the thing with the architects too, which I always go back to, and I always try to tell our our greens committee and, and golf committee when I talk to them, is that um, you know these guys are artists and they understand you know what they're looking at and what they want to see and, and this and that and if you know we put our egos aside and just kind of build what they ask the end product is always great and it's really fun and rewarding to see ron and jim come out every year and you know they see the work we did and, and they're like wow you know unbelievable and you know that gets them going and gets their blood going a little bit and and i can you know if i can produce what they want it's only going to get better and better and better so it's 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 a it's a great thing well what did you say to me when we were talking before if 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 they give you, you, if they have the vision, you can build it. I like that. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of look at. You know, and that's what I learned with uh, when we were working with Mister Dye all the time. Is you know he, he you know he could be pretty stubborn and tough to work with. And you know at times you kind of let your ego get in the way and this and that. And if you just step aside, listen to what he has to say, and just do it. In the end, it's really good. And so since working with him there, you know, um, when I went to Charlotte, you know, we we kind of did a renovation there on an Arnold Palmer golf course, and and he was the same way. He wanted to make sure that. Um, it was what he wanted and, and that it was going to work out well. And if you just, if you just do what they ask it, you know, it's, it's 99% of the time it's going to be good. Yeah. You also did some work with Tom Weisskopf, correct? 
Yeah, I was at TPC Scottsdale, and uh, we did several changes in the early 2000s there when, uh, um, oh, during, during a lot of the Phoenix Opens there. So, so, and one of the things that you told me that I, that I found interesting is that when Ron and Jim come to the golf course, you, you were saying just now about how excited they are. And that's the, that's what the feel I got from them of talking to them on, when I was talking to Jim, especially on the phone of how much he likes this golf course and the topography and, and what, and what this, I guess, like you said, not, I guess, but they had this vision and now it's, it's come to life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they really like this golf course. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I would, Anthony, I would tell you, I mean, you should make a trip out here and see it. This is probably, I think it's one of the probably 60 best golf courses in the country. It's just in the, in our market, you know, our market, the quad cities is a hundred thousand, you know, I think it's, a hundredth in population throughout the United States out of metro, metropolitan. So it's, it's not a big area, but we're two hours from Chicago. So we kind of get overshadowed by Cog Hill and Medina and Olympia fields and all of that out there. But uh, there's nobody that has the topography that we have. And if I can build what, you know, these guys want, we could really have something special here that, uh, you know, and, and you're starting to be able to see that. And the members are starting to be able to see that. And we're starting to generate a lot more interest, you know, and uh, it's going to be great. I mean, I think you give us three or four more years, um, now we're getting to the point where we can do a lot of detail stuff, which, you know, with the fairway expansions and, and, uh, some of that stuff that, uh, you just, you just normally can't do. Right. Dean, do you think you could work in a golf course where, um, you didn't find yourself on an excavator or building bridges? Could you just, could you just be a, a regular superintendent? Uh, probably not because, you know, with working with the PJ tour, like I did and where I learned it out in TPC Scottsdale, it's, you know, that place is a machine out there. It's 350 days a year and this and that. And then going to work for Mr. Dye, it was the same thing. So, you know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids, um, anything like that. So I'm really married to the job and I've, I've dedicated most of my life to golf and, you know, it's, it's in my blood. It's kind of what I do. And, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of who I am. I know it's not for everybody. And I tell a lot of the guys that, you know, if they want to go into the golf course uh, industry and this and that is, you know, you have to be careful what you wish for because it's definitely not for everybody with the hours that, and the commitment that we have to make to be there. Right. But you, but for you and like, being single, like you said, and no children, it's, it, you get to do a lot of messing around, don't you? I mean, you get to get on that various pieces of equipment and do more than just, you know, write out a, a spray program. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, a good example that was this year is, you know, my family comes down on Christmas day and, uh, you know, we have dinner and all that stuff in the afternoon. I have brothers and sisters and everything. I have kids and all that stuff. But, um, Christmas day here in, in Iowa was like 65 degrees. So I rebuilt the AT. You know, I did all the construction <laughs> work that day because it was, you could have me outside in a t-shirt and I had the excavator out there. And I mean, the fairways were so dry that week that we were able to drive dump trucks down the fairway. So we moved 49 dump truck, 15 yard dump truck loads of dirt around the golf course. So that way we could, you know, do some of these expansions and, you know, normally you just never have, you can't do that during the winter because everything's too soft. Right. So, you know, I worked a deal right. out with a couple of the guys on the crew, you know, that, Hey, you helped me for four hours this morning and you helped me four hours on, you know, the 26th and you helped me on the 27th, you know, and I'll pay you for a full day and stuff like that, you know, right, but we right. were able to be so productive. We did like a month's worth of work in a week. And it's just, you know, things like that. You know, if I had a couple of kids at home and family, I, you know, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Right. And one of the other things I want to touch on we, that I find interesting is you were telling me that be, when Ron and Jim come in with the, and give you this national perspective of what's going on, they've helped with membership and the junior golf program at your golf course. Is that correct? Yeah. I like, you know, these guys are, these guys are great. I mean, Jim and I, I believe they're redoing uh, the West Virginia golf program right now at the University of West Virginia. 
So they see the practice facilities. They, they see so much more than we do at our club. You know, we think our club's everything. Well, it's not. I mean, there's how many golf courses in the United States? And these guys are going from state to state. They're talking to everybody. So when we start to do membership drives, whether it's increasing, you know, our perspective membership list from a five-mile to a 20-mile radius, they can help guys that are in the membership role on our board be able to see some of that and know what works on a national level. And then also with, you know, our, our head golf professionals, John Panic here, he's great with uh, the play it forward program. And, and we built silver tees and things like that to where now some of the seniors can play, you know, the, uh, the senior white combo. So, you know, things like that to make the game more fun. And Ron and Jim really push that. And, and uh, it helps us be able to do some of those other things outside of just golf course architecture, but as a golf business in general. And it's, it's a good thing. I mean, I, I really would encourage anybody to, um, that has a, that has an architect to, to use them in every aspect that you can. An- another big one that Jim helped me with is our clubhouse was built in 2000. And at that time when they built it, it's a huge built, beautiful building, but there wasn't any subsurface drainage for our parking lots. So last year, you know, we, we spent $285,000 to resurface our parking lots and put in subsurface drainage. Well, he helped us tie all those into the drainage that's on, on the golf course where we have the 18 inch, uh, 18 inch drains. So now we have subsurface drainage for an extra nine acres of land, which was kind of on top of the golf course that used to just drain out. So little things like that, members don't really get to touch that or see that, but it makes the golf course play firmer and faster and enhances their experience. But yet, you know, Ron and Jim were able to help us through that project where we didn't have to hire an architect. Right. Amazing. And and what is... What uh, you're coming into to the season now and, and all that, but what's the next project uh, on the list for you? Um, the fairway expansions for sure. We want to get them completed this fall. We're going to dredge the pond. Our pond is the original irrigation pond. We only have one pond on the golf course. It's tilted into the point where we're having some of our foot valves are sticking and we're having some irrigation issues where heads are running longer than they're supposed to. So we're going to try to dredge the pond this fall um, and then start working on some more of our creek banks to continue with that and do these fairway expansions. And then uh, see what Ron and Jim have in store for us, and see what they think about the progress we made, and uh, when they visit us in October. Fantastic! I mean, it's it's working well. Sounds like it's working well so far. So just keep up, keep at it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, listen, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today. Uh, this has been really good. No, thanks for having us. I, I appreciate you thinking of me. All right. Uh, we've been. I've been talking to uh, Dean Sparks, the golf course superintendent at Davenport Country Club. And you have been listening to the Renovation Report on TurfNet Radio.